This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Wake up, America, before it's too late. The Steve Day Show. And greetings. Happy Thursday. Welcome to the Steve Day Show here live and on demand on Blaze TV radio. And podcast alongside Todd Erzin and Aaron McIntyre. I am Steve Dace. We've got a busy show lined up for you today. At the bottom of the hour, our colleague Steve Baker will join us uh, as he continues to try and separate fact from fiction on the January 6th narrative. You know, one of the, the mysteries of J6 is, was the talk of a pipe bomb. Right? I mean, we didn't confiscate a lot of weapons. We didn't, you know, confiscate a lot of evidence of an insurrection. Clearly, people rioted. That's pretty obvious. You can see that with your own eyes. But there's clearly a difference between a riot and an insurrection. Or maybe the only difference is, <clears throat> is does it does it forge your narrative? <laughs> Steve, it's not a lie. <laughs> if, if you, you believe, believe it, it, yes. Maybe if they are of the of the right ideology, then that's a riot. Maybe not even one. It's maybe a mostly peaceful protest. And and then if they're if they are guilty of wrong think, then a riot becomes an insurrection. Right. OK. Um, but uh, there is an update on the pipe bomb. You would think. I mean, if there was ever a smoking a gun, right, to hammer home and confirm your narrative, someone, you know, having a pipe bomb at an insurrection would would be it right yeah that would be an act of, a clear act of domestic terrorism correct i think so and and yet that that detail has largely been swept away and lost when it would actually be the biggest piece of evidence to confirm the other side's entire narrative about this event well we have an update on that and more coming from our colleague steve baker here at the bottom of the hour you don't want to miss that theology thursday Coming up, we've been teasing it. The new series debuts, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study, begins at the top of next hour as we get into the subject of spiritual warfare. This was uh, written by both uh, myself and Dr. Jeremiah Johnston at Prestonwood Baptist from the C.S. Lewis Society. He's been on our show several times over the years. And it was uh, produced, the videos, hopefully you've seen them, or at least seen episode one. Uh, the video is produced by 110 Pictures, who did an absolutely fantastic job. If you, get, if you have not gotten this, you're going to see. I mean, they emulated the set from the movie. Um, instead of a demon sitting down with a with an atheist, now we've got a Christian sitting down with a theologian. So it's a very similar uh, uh, you know mo to the film. They even mimicked the set fairly closely. As someone who was on both sets, they nearly nailed it. They did a great job. Uh, very proud of how this turned out. But most of all, about the the, the level of content that we are going to be discussing. So for some of you, maybe this will be your very, your very first Bible study. For others, maybe the first time you've ever looked at the uh, the concept of spiritual warfare biblically. So we're going to get into that starting next hour and remember we're doing this as if you've already seen the videos if we if we played the clips 
I mean, that would that would take about two thirds of our talk time out of the segment. And so we didn't want to do that. Um, and so instead, inside each study guide is a code that will give you access to the, uh, the, the presentation associated with each chapter. I know both of you guys have seen the clip for chapter one. Indeed. Anything you guys want to talk about or tease before we get more in depth about this coming up uh, in the next hour of the show? Oh, this is going to be easy. It started off in my sweet spot. So let her rip. Aaron? I have to keep muting my microphone and I keep uh, forgetting to turn it back on. I'm a good producer. Um, This is the thing about uh, the show this year, Theology Thursday, starting off with a nefarious Bible study. But what we'll be doing later on this year, I'm looking most forward to. So that's uh, that's about as good of a tease as I can give. All right. So we will do that. And then Anastasia will return my daughter with three non-political questions. So that and more lined up for you today. Let's kick it off, though, as we always do with Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Not Dystopian at All. New documents obtained by the Select Subcommittee on the Weaponization of the Federal Government reveal that the federal government flagged terms like MAGA and Trump for financial institutions if Americans used those phrases when completing transactions. Individuals who shopped at stores like Cabela's or Dick's Sporting Goods or purchased religious texts like a Bible may have also had their transactions flagged. This all happened in the immediate aftermath of January 6th. Essentially, the Financial Crimes Enforcement Network, which is an arm of the Treasury, created a dragnet to help identify supporters of politicians they didn't like. Not dystopian at all. In South Carolina, 63 Republicans in that state's House voted to kill an amendment yesterday that would criminalize doctors who chemically and or surgically castrate minors. After that tweet you just saw from Riley Gaines went out, those legislators felt pressure and reversed course yesterday evening. The American Cancer Society is out with their 2024 report and projections, and the group is forecasting a jump of nearly 13% in excess cancer cases. That's about the same jump year over year between last year and the year before. Check out this chart from Ethical Skeptic on Twitter, where you can see the excess cases of cancers jumping off the charts late 2020 and throughout 2021. Florida Surgeon General Joe Ladipo was interviewed by Tucker Carlson recently about those COVID jabs. During the pandemic, you'd sometimes hear people say that this is a spiritual war. And it's, it's a funny thing for people to say, but instinctively and intuitively, I remember the first time I heard it, I heard it uh, sort of yelled out in the middle of a of a press conference with Governor DeSantis out here in, um, I think, uh, Bradenton, Florida, I responded immediately that yes to the to the person in the audience who said yes, it is a spiritual war, and it absolutely is, and this has to do with intuition. Again, I've left the MD PhD hat, and I'm talking just as a human being and someone who you know, like many of us, guide their lives based on how they feel, what they feel about what truth is and what resonates. And I got to tell you that truly, you know, I, I think in terms of the toll, we've heard different estimates for their potential contribution to excess mortality. I think that that probably is the case that they contribute. And I think that that is just a part of what is frankly bad and um, an evil behind the intention of these mRNA COVID-19 vaccines and the whole entire uh, pandemic policy approach. And sa- I got to tell you that I do believe that that it, it totally, it can change things that you would not expect to change uh, from people 
just taking a typical vaccine like the flu vaccine. Kamala Gook update. Here's Kamala Harris speaking to the University of South Carolina women's basketball team. When the people are in these stands watching you, be they parents or students or kids, you're lifting them up. When people are out here saying, ah, oh, they're saying yay, or they say all of the things that they say in response to the game, you're lifting them up with a sense of joy about being a part of a community. And we need that. The FBI has arrested a 56-year-old dude pretending to be a woman. The man, who goes by the name Elizabeth Ballesteros West, was found with a cache of guns when he was arrested in Cottage Grove, Oregon. The arrest was the result of an investigation alleging West made threats online to harm and kill Jews and black people and reposted content about mass shootings while displaying his own Nazi flag and multiple guns. He also threatened his quote-unquote transphobic co-workers and online screeds as well. And finally, checking in on the World Economic Forum. And that's what happened while we were away. Is this how disease X starts? She's just going up to those people and coughing on them. A few years ago, the World Economic Forum didn't want anybody to breathe. And, and now they want people to breathe on them. It's not a lie if you believe it. I, that interview we did the other day with Larry uh, Taunton, who's out there, and I asked him, hey, you know, is it really not as bad as we are letting on? Do we take the most extreme elements of these people and take them out of context to further our own narrative? And he's like, oh, no. No, it's it's pretty much what you think it is. <laughs> I mean, okay. Uh, Aaron's Montage brought to you by our friends at Samaritan Ministries. Although we're already a few weeks into 2024, it is not too late to look at uh, healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries. It's not insurance. It's a community of Christians paying one another's medical bills. And because it's not insurance, they're not bound by any open enrollment. So you can join any time of the year, even today. Check out three reasons why Samaritan Ministries could be right for you and your family. One, you're now part of a Christian community that when you have a medical need, those fellow members, they will send money directly to you to help you pay for your bills, but then uh, you'll do the same for them. And even more importantly, all the while while praying for and encouraging one another. Two, uh, there are no networks which put you in control of your family's health care. And then you know, who knows better what's best for your family than you do. So you choose the doctors and hospitals you wish to go to, and you have a say in the treatments they do, or in some cases don't receive. And then three, set your start date. Join today. You can start healthcare sharing with Samaritan Ministries right now, or you can choose what time in the future you'd like to start instead. It's all up to you. So whether it is a broken bone, that needs to be reset, needs to be healed. Something, you know, serious like a cancer, something to celebrate like a pregnancy uh, or maybe just any medical emergency. Um, you'll find comfort in knowing that you're connected to over 80,000 Christian households across the country who stand ready to care for one another spiritually and financially when it's needed most. 
uh, and it could be more affordable than what you're paying right now. So to find out, go to SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. That's SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. You can also join today at SamaritanMinistries.org slash Steve Dace. All right, coming up later in the overtime for subscribers uh, on Blaze TV, uh, Aaron is going to hit us with something cold. So I always look forward to that. So we'll see what Aaron has up his sleeve. Is it smoked? <laughs> you can count on it, as a matter of fact. Uh, if you are a Blaze TV subscriber, all you got to do is just wait for us to record it after today's show, upload it for you. You'll be able to watch it right there at blazetv.com slash days. If you're not yet a Blaze TV subscriber, that's where you can go to become one, blazetv.com slash days. All right, let's get to what is inside of uh, Aaron's uh, montage. Um, I want to start with what, I mean, we could do a lot on, we could do a whole show on like three things that are maybe four things that are inside his montage, which only had seven things. Okay. So let, let's try to hit as many of these as we can. Um, let me take them in the order of, of, you know, the ones I think we can probably discuss the quickest. What does it say? that you have to pressure state legislators in South Carolina not to buckle in the face of tranny madness. What does that say, do you think? Uh, it says what you've said many times before. Of how do you explain the candidates and the representatives that that state Correct. perpetuates on us? We are explaining it now. Yes. Yeah. It's not an accident Lindsey Graham just gets elected every time. It's not... Not an accident. We still haven't found Tim Scott's girlfriend from other... I guess she did make an appearance at the end in Iowa, right? Allegedly. I have right? no idea. Yeah, I think she kind of did, but I can't remember. But um, right before he dropped out, when was that? Like October? So that seems like it was forever ago. But I mean, in the end, you know, it's the old JFK line. History is won by those who show up. So, I mean, you can you can be some hardcore right winger in South Carolina. And you probably, if you're listening to this show, you probably are. And... We're feeling you, dog. Okay. But the reality is these people keep getting reelected in your state. All hat, no cattle. Trey Gowdy's keep getting type getting, keep getting elected in your state. All right. I mean, the, the, the guy that was, was, was the most, maybe the most reliable conservative sent to Washington out of that state. We found out late last year was basically living a double life with like another woman. All right. So, um, they're a reflection of the state as a whole. That, that, that's just the reality. As, and, and if they're not, they still are because the people who know better just don't show up to do anything about getting rid of them. So they just keep getting elected over and over and over and over again. So props to Riley Gaines. But here's the thing, though. Let me say this. I don't want to take because I want to take anything away from what Riley is doing, man. I mean, she is a badass. All right. She is. I mean, she's Joan of Arc. Yes, she is. She absolutely is. So I don't want to take anything. I don't want to minimize what she's doing whatsoever as a young woman who would have had given her accomplishments. And certainly she's not hard to look at. I mean, the branding possibilities with her would have been pretty substantial. Fair. Mm -hmm. I mean, you know, this world as a, as a, you've got a world-class athlete daughter in your own right. Who, who's, who's, you know, maybe world-class in an Olympic sport. We'll find out here in the next couple of years, but certainly is in that conversation. Right. Mm -hmm. So, you know, this world more than me, you know, what opportunities are available to women yes. that are this good, that are not hard to look at, especially when you put that combo in, 
I mean, she has made the decision to limit her own branding potential out of the courage of her conviction yes. and should be applauded for that. Yes. I want to make sure we do that. Okay. So done. Yes. Did it? Cause okay. I also know Riley listens to our show. So Riley badass, but what does it say? What is she? 23, 24? Yeah. Okay. What, what does it say that a 23, 24 year old woman, young woman right out of college has to use her platform to leverage to leverage grown men in South Carolina. Yeah. It's dark. Isn't this supposed to work the other way around? Like, aren't the, aren't the grown men at the front line supposed to be shepherding and guiding the Riley Gaineses of the world and, and what to do? She's and, supposed and, to be and, in dental school right now. She's yeah. thinking about, hey, she got, just got married, thinking about maybe having a kid soon. That's what she's supposed to be doing. I, I, I that... That is a win, and, it, and, yes. and Riley deserves the bulk of the credit for it. But it also explains so tragically why we are in the position we're in. A young woman who's supposed to be in dental school or, plan, or, or cashing in on, on being a world-class athlete or both, all right, thinking about a family and the rest of her life, is instead self-limiting all of those things to get smeared, blasphemed, and in every form you can imagine, all right, in the worst ways imaginable, in public, because privately, a grown men in South Carolina don't have any balls or brains. That right there, man, is a, is, is a living stone. It's a living stone to what has happened to this country. That there. And I wanted to make sure I made that point. Anybody want to add to it or we want to move on? No, here, here. How many more? How many more pieces of evidence? I mean, now we're getting into, now we've got a trainee with a Nazi flag. I mean, now, now we've got a, a, a goulash of worldviews. Now it's not just a trainee with rainbow jihad propaganda, but now a trainee with Nazi propaganda. I mean, it, this is literal insanity. It's absolute insanity. And the hell it comes from doesn't, ma- doesn't care if, if they're, they're waving the LGBTQ dot, dot, dot FU flag or a swastika. They're all from the same place. And yes, you quoted me on that correctly over at Media Matters. It's been a few weeks. I'm wondering if we've lost a step. So I want to make sure we're back on their mailing Is list what's this weekend. Is her name still there? Did she retire? Do you remember her name, Aaron? What was her name? Do you remember? Ethel or something? What was her name? Yeah, Ethel, Evelyn, something like that. Yeah, okay. So, shout out. Anyway, how many more pieces, of, speaking of living stones, how many more pieces of living evidence do we have to see before we're just like, come on, man. This is, we, this, forget orthodoxies, forget ideologies. It's common sense creating a breeding ground of mental illness and weaponizing it is a very bad idea. And, and the fact that it is only within the purview of a certain sliver of one side of the American ideological um, pantheon willing to say so 
is scary, Todd. It's that's that's scary to me. That that at this point, if I don't have like some sort of biblical worldview, or I'm not some form of hard right, I'm just not. Well, we've had there have been some Martina Navratilovas and others that have spoken up about you know what's going on with female sports and everything else, but and that's important. You know what's worse than taking opportunities away from women? Uh, killing them. And, and <laughs> how many more of these trans terrorists do we have to unearth either before or after they pull the trigger before we say this is crazy and it has to stop? How many more? More because there is nothing. You used a phrase there that, that does not exist, and we should make sure. Common sense. Yes, it does not exist, and we need to actually beat that out of people because they keep relying on it on some level. Like it, it was two weeks ago that this happened in Iowa. It has not been reported by our local news here in Iowa once again, and we've learned some lessons here in Iowa just in the last month about the normies and what we care about. They're not. They're not going to report on a transgender killer. Two to one, the evangelicals are going to put Trump in. And, oh, you get a demon statue in the Capitol, too. And the Republican legislator and the pastor network, they're not going to do anything about it. So how's that for common sense, Steve? You know, our friend Constantinus Rodida sent me a text this morning along those lines. Let me share it with you. Uh, where is it? You know, at least the FBI got, got this one before he did something. Yeah. Small victories, small victories. Uh, yes, small victories. <laughs> hey, we finally found a known wolf. The FBI actually did something about it ahead of time because almost every other time uh, they don't. Here it is. Uh, I'll just read this to you. Let me call this up here. Hold on. Uh, this is from um, Truman Benedict Elementary School. Truman Benedict Elementary School wants you to know that from February 12th, 2024 to March 11th, 2024, uh, and then from April 8th, 2024 until May 13th of 2024, from 2 to 3 p.m. at Truman Benedict Elementary School in San Clemente, California, kids, you can come and have fun at the After School Satan Club. Community Science Projects, uh, puzzles and games, nature activities, arts and crafts, snacks, tons of fun. Your children will learn benevolence and empathy, critical thinking, problem solving, creative expression, personal sovereignty, and compassion. That's the Truman Benedict Elementary School in San Clemente, California. It's going to be in the multi-purpose room, sponsored by the Satanic Temple of Re and Reason Alliance. And you can go to their website, uh, tst.link slash ASSC. And also they've got a way for your kid to get home. Hey, if my kid stays after school, there's also a form at the bottom. How can your kid get home? Because of course you want your kid catching a ride from the local Satanists, getting a ride home from them. What could possibly go wrong? Is that what you're talking about? Maybe a little bit there. I am. And as you're reading, it brings back to mind. Uh, we have to tolerate this, don't we? Yeah, don't well, we have to tolerate the after school Satan club? Well, I'm not even in the it, elementary school. Isn't it, that religious freedom? It's well, it, it, it's definitely that. But also this that that first 
Black Mirror episode, or is it the first one, or is it the, the, just the only one I've watched? The, the pig is the very first one. It's the one. very first one? Yeah, where the well, prime minister has to conjugal a pig, yes. I didn't watch it anymore because it horrified me as much as anything I've watched in recent memory, but I also think it was the like Alpha and Omega. It's probably contains within it everything else that comes after that. Correct. The, what what is what is carried out is the capacity that the, the, the lesson is i will have you people so focused on on all of the nonsense of this world that i can just drop off the body in the middle of the city and drive away and nobody's even there because like this is I, our media. There's, there's what, a, what there, a great segue to where I'm going to go yes, next. Yes, I think. Your point. Well, I think I was just going to segue to that very thing. Our media is an absolute enemy of the state, and this is one of the great tragedies of Donald Trump and how we've anointed him because he did point out that they were fake news and they were right, but he never, ever took them to the cleaners that it needs to happen because if we're not being gaslit formally by what they're showing us they just aren't showing us anything on purpose we have no idea as a people what's going on a lot of that is on us because we're just not citizens anymore but the media has us in a trance speaking of they could just drop off the bodies in the middle of the day in broad daylight and no one would alter the course the the inertia the gravitational pull would not end this just we would we, we are so led uh, astray that we'll just continue on the puppet string they have us on and play it out to its most disgusting vile conclusion right that's what that yes. pilot episode of black mirror is about they are literally dropping the bodies off on operation warp speed just literally yes. the bodies are being dropped off the cancer numbers Scott, can, Aaron, can you call that graphic back up one more time? I want people to see the visual of this because it reminds me of the Bureau of Labor Statistics chart, which I thought, is, which I think is still the most damaging piece of evidence produced since the uh, the, the the rollout of the uh, the poison poke that we for going for more than a decade pretty much had a pretty with a few dips here and there, but a pretty. Um, standard consistent rate of people filing disability claims and then all of a sudden starting in the spring of 2021 through now the numbers continue to skyrocket way outside of what would be a normal growth or a sigma as as what ethical skeptic calls it here okay look at this it's the same chart but with cancer it's the same chart but with cancer now let's be intellectually honest it a contributing factor to this has to be the lockdowns all right. Because remember, the lockdowns got rid of everything that was kind of considered to be non a non-emergency procedure. Well, a cancer screen would be considered a non-emergency procedure. Mm-hmm. All right. Anything anything that's not there's either elective or emergency. And so everything that's not an emergency is an elective. All right. So were there people that stayed out of hospitals because they heard about what went on there? If you had covid and, and didn't get their screenings and or couldn't because of lockdowns or maybe long after the hot lockdowns ended. But now the hospitals are full of sick people and they stayed out of there so they wouldn't get COVID. Is that part of this? Absolutely it is. What ratio of it it is? When you're talking about cancer, early detection, obviously, the earlier it's detected in any form of cancer, the better your odds of beating it. So we need to make sure we note yeah. that. But that's actually not a mitigating factor because it was the, the same bureaucracies that created these poisons were the ones that were for the lockdown. So this is, they're just two elements of the same operation, right? So they, they sent the tanks in first with the lockdowns 
and or they, they sent the they sent the bombers in first with the lockdowns and the tanks came afterwards. But they're the same invading army. Mm-hmm. There's just tactical differences and, and phases. Okay, so it's not it, that's not that doesn't absolve anybody that lockdowns contributed to this because the same people did both. But look at this number, and it's inexplicable, except for one explanation. And you're seeing all these headlines around the country of all these people, healthy people dying suddenly again. Inexplicable, inexplicable heart attack, inexplicable cancer. And to my point about the media, you're not seeing this anywhere on the media. But while you're watching that media during the commercials, you are seeing the get your booster commercial for the very thing that is killing you brought to you by Pfizer. Correct. And so when Joe Latipo in that clip with Tucker and props to Tucker for having him on. When Joe Latipo in that the the health the the, the health or the Surgeon General of Florida almost said health inspector the Surgeon General of Florida when he talks about the spiritual element here that chart is exactly what he's talking about that's exactly what he's talking about what other explanation is there other than willful blindness willful allegiance. What other explanation would ever cause a people to say, I am not even going to look at what is actually happening, how dangerous the activity I'm about to take part in is, because the societal cost of me not doing it, being shunned, being, being looked at as weird, being disqualified from something, removed from polite society. Folks, that is the same exact impulse that had people, in, that had Israelites in the Valley of Ben-Hinnon waiting in line for hours to cast their babies into the fire to Molech, to put their babies on the hot iron hands of Molech and burning them to death for their crops so their wife will get fertile. And to, do, to not take part, to not do it, no matter how many times the drought didn't end, no matter how many times their wife didn't get pregnant, the pressure not to do it, to be shunned, to be cast out, to be seen as weird for not taking part in the groupthink, that was a price and a cost they were not willing to pay. So they defied what was common sense, Todd, right in front of their faces, even if they never heard Moses himself at all, because this is hundreds of years later. Common sense said, you know, the drought here in Israel continues to go on. My wife's still not getting pregnant. Uh, I don't think this Molech guy is on the up and up. You know what I'm saying? Never even had to study Deuteronomy or the book of the law to come to the conclusion this Molech thing's a fraud. Same thing applies here. And it goes right to that clip we had yesterday with Robert F. Kennedy Jr. holding his phone up to Howie Mandel. Well, I'll just I'll just play the clips for you, right? Uh, no, 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 we don't want that. I might be shunned, I might be disqualified, I might, I might be, I might be censored, I might be weird. That is a spiritual condition. Gladipo is right, and it's called idolatry. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system.
All right, back here on the Steve Day Show as we head towards a presidential election here in about 292 days. One thing you can be sure of, it's going to be a tumultuous year. How will your hard-earned savings fare? You already see the impacts of inflation at the pump, the grocery store. The dollar continues to lose buying power quicker than wages can increase. Is that bad? Yes. Uh, How are you protecting that savings? Well, consider diversifying into gold with Birch Gold Group for decades. Gold has been the choice of investors and central banks as a hedge against inflation. Now you can own it in a tax-sheltered IRA with the help of Birch Gold. Just text STEVE to 989-898. Text Steve to 989-898 and Birch Gold will send you a free info kit on gold. He'll help you convert an existing IRA or 401k into an IRA with gold. And the best part, you don't have to pay for a penny out of pocket. And with an A-plus rating with the Better Business Bureau, thousands of satisfied customers, you can trust Birch Gold. Just text Steve to 989-898 to claim your free info kit. Again, text Steve to 989-898 and secure your savings now. Speaking of Steve's, Steve Baker, our colleague here at The Blaze, joins us now. Good to see you, Steve. How you been, brother? I'm great. Good to see you, Steve. Before we get on to some breaking news, I, I want to know, for you on a personal level, have you heard anything more from the feds? They benevolently gave you Christmas off from being prosecuted yeah. for reporting. Okay, so uh, now that we are into the new year, uh, have, they, uh, have you heard anything more from them? The most recent that we have was actually between the week of Christmas and New Year's. My attorney did have the opportunity to speak to the U.S. attorney who has my case, in which at that time he said they were going to delay my quote-unquote self-surrender until mid-January and that they would also give me seven to ten days notice out of respect for my travel schedule and the work that I'm doing. Uh, which is, you know, kind of convenient on their part. But the point being is, is that uh, they were they were going to give me that allowance and that much more time before I had to do this. Um, my my attorney also asked them on the same call, well, can you go ahead and just like tell us what the pending charges are or what you're going to uh, hit my client with? And the U.S. attorney said, no, I won't tell you because Mr. Baker will tweet that out immediately. Now, I don't know if there's some statute or law against that. I I mean, I have no idea, but the bottom line is, is that we haven't heard from them since. That's it. We, uh, they stopped returning phone calls from my attorney uh, a week or so ago, and here we are well past mid-January now, and we still haven't heard from them yet, so I don't know. To be fair, it, it does take a while uh, to come up with whatever phony charges you want to lay on somebody like you, because you can't just go right out there and say, we're prosecuting this guy for reporting stuff that's inconvenient for us. That's that's it is a crime, but not officially one. So they've got to come up with another explanation, Steve. Well, they've had two and a half years to work on me. I mean, they they I've literally told the FBI, you guys have me in hundreds of cameras, uh, not to mention the CCTV, uh, you know, capital cameras that we, by the way, me and other Blaze analysts have have done a day in the life of me off of capital CCTV. That'll be coming out soon. And then uh, all of the cell phone cameras, the MPD body cams, all that, you know, they they if they had a case they would be bringing it but you're right this is this is something that they they are either intimidating me or they are looking for some sort of uh very very deep process crime felony or whatever to hang on me something i said something i um do we lose steve we did 
Uh, let's try to get him back, obviously, because he's got some breaking news to share with our audience when it comes to. I think the, we. I think he's back now. All right, do we have Steve back? Finish that point there, Steve. Go ahead. Yeah, I, I don't know where I. I don't know where you lost me. That's but, all right. Uh, ba- basically, they're gonna, they're trying to figure out a way to to prosecute you for their favorite crime, yeah. interference with official right. acts. Because your reporting yeah. is in yeah. is getting is interfering with their official acts. Let's just be honest about that. Well, that, that's it. The the fifteen twelve obstruction of an official proceeding. The only thing I'm obstructing right now is their own uh, processes of of violating people's rights, of cover up, of using the Capitol Police to um, uh, well, the the leadership of the Capitol Police to cover up the crimes of their own officers mm-hmm. that we have built here through the blaze uh, in the trials that they that they delivered false testimony in. Along those lines, let's get to it. You have clearance from the tower there to share some breaking news with our audience. What is it? Yeah, I, I, if if uh, your audience doesn't know yet, they need to go read the latest on the blaze uh, from yours truly about the pipe bomb revelation. This was the uh, Democratic National Committee uh, pipe bomb on January 6th. There were two pipe bombs found. The first one was found just a few minutes before that initial famous Ray Epps breach uh, that happened at about 12.53 p.m. Just moments before that, a passerby found a pipe bomb at the Republican National Committee at the RNC uh, headquarters. And then just five or 10, maybe 15 minutes after that breach, there was another passerby who found another pipe bomb at the DNC, the Democratic National Committee headquarters. Now, for three years, three solid years, Steve, the FBI, the ATF, the Metropolitan Police and the United States Capitol Police have all kept from us this information about who it was that found that bomb mm-hmm. at the um, uh, at the DNC turns out that the person who found that bomb was actually an undercover, plainclothes Capitol Police officer who they have portrayed for three years in all of these testimonies. You think about all the times they've been questioned uh, in in Senate and House hearings. Uh, Christopher Ray, what's going on with the bomb? This, that, and the other thing. They have always portrayed this person as a passerby. They've never released until we did yesterday that this was an actual undercover Capitol police officer. But then the story, and this is what I got permission from uh, the, the the control room here to release uh, on the Steve Day show today is is that. We now know also that the brand new, newly appointed assistant chief at the Capitol Police, who is in charge of intelligence and dignitary protection details, was at the time of January 6th pipe bomb findings, was the ground team supervisor of the ATF Hmm. on that day. This is a huge, another piece of this connective tissues that we're finding here. The, the, the coincidences, you can't make them up, Steve. Um, uh, Darren Beatty uh, from Revolver News just released this morning an exhaustive uh, analysis of that video that we revealed yesterday through the blaze of that few moments of where this pipe bomb was found and where this Capitol Police officer comes over to the Secret Service car. He uh announces that he's suddenly discovered this bomb he goes around to the other side of the car he goes over to a metro police car by the time he he finishes telling all the parties involved sitting outside in the driveway outside of the dnc the 
uh, Secret Service and uh, the Metro PD cop decide that they've got enough time to finish their sandwich before they get out and investigate what this Capitol Police officer has uh, suddenly revealed to them. And just, oh, by the way, the new vice president-elect, Kamala Harris, is in the building. Oh, and the car that they were sitting in when they were told about the bomb was only 15 feet from where the bomb was, and they showed no hurry, no panic, no, um, uh, it just, it just, it seemed to be of, of minimal concern to them when this message was delivered to them by this undercover officer. Which, which, which leaves you with only, as far as I can tell, Steve, two conclusions. One, the vice president needs better security and maybe a food taster that, 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 that clearly her security detail, her, her safety is not of their preeminent priority if in the middle of an insurrection the best piece of evidence for this not just being a riot but an insurrection uh, the best piece of evidence for that would be planted pipe bombs for example okay um, by by somebody who was seeking to have a v for vendetta moment basically all right so that would be the best evidence for it so not only did they did they do seem very did they did they not have a high priority it seemed on investigating for us the, the origins of these pipe bombs and who dropped them off and who's responsible for them and how they got there and who found them. That, that's always been kind of weird to me because that's the best piece of evidence for their entire narrative is following that chain of evidence, right? And so they not only did not seem all that interested in following that chain of evidence, but they also didn't seem very interested in, in securing the, the, the vice president of the United States in the face of the most overt act of this, if it were an insurrection, which is really an act of, of coordinated domestic terrorism is what you just described okay so there's that there's that's one option that 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 her security detail does not have her safety in in, as a preeminent priority then there's the other option which you know they're trying to indict you for uh basically the other option is they know exactly where it came from and it's what a coincidence that it just so happened to be one of the highest level uh members of uh of, of of law enforcement there just happened to find these and why wouldn't they want to tell us this, Steve, and give this guy an award for foiling a, a foiling a plot, uh, you yeah. know, against an insurrection? Make him a national cause celeb, run him for Congress, maybe. Why, I yeah. mean, this this would seem to be a heroic act, a medal of honor, medal of freedom. Uh, why? I mean, why why carry put your lamp under a bushel here, Steve? Shine it. You're a hero. Well, actually, and this is a very interesting point, I, I, I just made this connection in my own mind this morning. Of the four agencies that were involved in this discovery, first of all, we had the Secret Service on site, we had the Metropolitan Police Department on site, we had uh, the, um, uh, of course, the ATF had to respond, the FBI were uh, had been lying to us for four years about the identity of this Capitol Police officers, actually five agencies. Of these five agencies involved in this pipe bomb discovery, um, investigation. There's only one of those agencies that is not subject to Freedom of Information Act requests, and that would be the United States Capitol Police. Hmm. Interesting that he discovered that. This morning, I received a personal Man, message from that's one That's very my- lucky, Steve. 
That that's about as lucky as being an Antifa member from Salt Lake City, Utah, traveling thousands of miles to Washington D.C., and you just happen to be there with your camera to capture the shooting, the the, the murder of Ashley Babbitt, making your way from Salt Lake to D.C. through a sea, tens of thousands of people, and you just so happen to be there to capture the money shot of the entire event. A lot of lucky people. Uh, just kind of meandering around that day, Steve. Very fortunate people. Yeah, exactly. I got. I received a, a personal message from one of my Capitol Police sources this morning, and he told me that of all of the suspicious package and bomb scare um, notifications that he has both uh, had to respond to and has himself personally delivered to the, the department, that he had never seen a more lackadaisical reaction to anything from either any of his colleagues at the Capitol Police or the complete um, nonchalant attitude that these officers had on the scene at the DNC. They did not even stop foot traffic from walking mere feet past that bomb. No concern whatsoever. What's the innocent and benign explanation for that? Well, you always uh, default to uh, government incompetence, right? Mm -hmm. Is that where we have to start? But look, we're we're so far past that with regards to January 6th, it it doesn't make any sense. And then, then Steve, just the the, the breaking information I gave you about this new assistant chief at the Capitol Police, the, the other connective tissue is not only is he head of intelligence, not only was he there overseeing the ATF's response to these pipe bombs on the day, but he is also now the head of the Capitol Police dignitary protection detail, which folds right back into our initial story about Nancy Pelosi's head of security who perjured himself in the Oath Keepers trial. This guy, this new guy, is now this officer, David Lazarus's boss. So they they gave him a promotion. Huh. Then why didn't they promote him as a hero? Why are we just now hearing about uh, him foiling the the great evidence of this uh, uh, domestic terror plot and insurrection? Why are we just now hearing about yeah, it? it? It's not yeah, not to, not to be confused but with the guy who discovered the bomb. Uh, the Thank you. Yeah. Officer, but the guy who came over from ATF to uh, now be assistant uh, chief at Capitol Police over intelligence and dignitary protection. Final thing here. I mean, you have been all along. And that's why we respect you. You've been very cautious about this. You're not eager to jump to affirm one narrative or the other. There have been times you've actually pushed back on some of people on our own side and said, nah, I'm, I, I, there's some there's some bad uh, bad actors here and some people that probably deserve to be punished. OK, but but you're just fine with you're just following the truth here. So this latest piece of evidence, what does it tell you? I got about two minutes. <laughs> Yeah, this this is confirming what so many of us have been suspicious of all along and what we have been building the evidence of is I believe that leadership in the Capitol Police, leadership, I'm not talking about the frontline officers. I saw the fear in their face. I saw, uh, and of course I've interviewed dozens of them who believe that they were set up that day by their own leadership. And now we are beginning to discover the evidence of just how corrupt and how involved the Capitol Police leadership were in what took place that day and what was allowed to transpire. I'm not saying they planned it, but I am on the they allowed it to happen camp. It seems like at the very least, at the very least now, some people went there with bad intentions. 
and anticipating yeah. that some people were going there with bad intentions. <clears throat> the pardon me, the uh, the powers that be anticipating that that was going to happen thought never let a good crisis go to waste. That that seems to be at least what happened here. Now, at the very least, and that's exactly where my investigations continue to take me is to that very conclusion is that it doesn't matter whether all of these disparate groups were organized and were communicating with each other the oath keepers the proud boys the three percenters of this that and the other militia it doesn't matter whatever these individual groups motivations were um at the end of the day once they were there with the intel that the capitol police had and did not pass along they allowed this thing to form and take shape as it as it um, uh, became the event that we all know of as the you know the worst day in american history where we almost lost our democracy steve great stuff you're doing great work man keep it up appreciate you thank you thank you steve you know we started off talking about riley Gaines last segment and what she has set aside as a young woman a mm-hmm. uh, beautiful, talented young woman who could be making a lot of bank. And she set all of that aside to uh, to go after uh, the truth uh, in her particular uh, area of expertise. And you see the same thing here with our very own Steve Baker. I mean, he is every, I mean, he's 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 literally at any moment could be getting a call from the feds. You have a seven day window to surrender yourself. Um, and yet unbowed, undeterred, he stays on the narrow road, man, just following the truth no matter where it leads two points and i was stubborn about this last time even when there was the pushback you talked about whatever the bad intentions were and i believe they were there uh in some people's hearts all along whatever they were i see you and raise you everything blm did secondly all of your back the blue nonsense once i need you to reevaluate that as a so-called conservative because both the cops and the military are being weaponized day by day to come after you. Theology Thursday is next. Wyndham Hotels and Resorts makes travel possible for all. Whether it's the long haulers looking for a great cup of coffee, a roomier rest for the on-a-whim road trippers, or a place to make summer memories with the whole family. No matter who you are, where you're going, or why, with 24 trusted brands to choose from like La Quinta, Days Inn, and Super 8, your Wyndham is waiting. Get the lowest price at WyndhamHotels.com. Restrictions apply. Visit website for more details. We're back here with Hour 2 live and on demand on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here with Aaron McIntyre, Totters, and all of you. Did you guys see the story before we get to Theology Thursday? Man, given what this year is going to be like, when the opportunities to just laugh come up, let's make sure we take them, okay? That's why we had so much fun with the Dick Morris. I still want to know what the hell was going on at Dick Morris' house. Okay. A a statement came out. Oh, did it? Yeah, it's his wife's caretaker. Does, his wife's caretaker does your, just roams around the house yeah, in his underwear? I have questions still. That doesn't answer any questions for me, but no. begs new ones. Anyway, Dick would not be the first man who, uh, you know, the caretaker ends up, you know, you know what I'm trying oh, to say. Oh, I'm sure he's a caretaker. Yeah, exactly. What's he taking care of? But um, did you guys see the story that LeVar Burton 
Remember he uh, threatened physical violence against Moms for Liberty? Yes. Late last year at a, yes. some event, right? The actor from a Star Trek fan, yes. Jordy LaForge, and, uh, and Reading Rainbow. And uh, Kunta Kinte. Kunta Kinte. That's right. I mean, one of the great TV you know, performances of all time. How did I forget that? My bad. Anyway, um, he did one of those uh, celebrity genealogy things. And his great, great, great grandfather was white and a Confederate soldier. Do you see this? Yeah. It's not because of you. I mean, that is a Dave. Sh- Good for nothing, tricksters. That is a that is a Dave Chappelle skit. If there ever was one, man. I mean, you you said last hour you watched after you got done with the first episode of Black Mirror. You're like, what could you do better than this? I'm not watching yeah. anymore, and it was dark enough I couldn't handle it. Yeah. Right? If you're Dave Chappelle, like, what's left for you to to pan? I mean, what what is left for you to parody? What is left for you to satire at this point? I mean, all the the stuff that you were mocking and mimicking 20 years ago, you know, on television, on your show, this stuff is all coming true, you know? I mean, the dude, uh, and by the way, of all, LeVar Burton, because, you know, he's street. LeVar Burton, okay, uh, playing the, the street card, okay, playing the gangster card. And his great-great-grandfather was white and a Confederate soldier. Maybe this is the start of Brothers Be Flippin', Steve. <laughs> Maybe it starts right here. He was flipping. He was flipping out when he heard. I mean, that that is... That's a phenomenal story. I just wanted to make sure we highlighted that today. Uh, if you want to let us know what you think about what we think, you can email the show, steve at stevedace.com, D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook, me, we, and Gab. You can follow me at Steve Day Show on Twitter, get our Instagram, and TikTok. Also, let us know uh, how much you love the show. If you listen to the podcast, we would appreciate that. Leave us a five-star review if you love the show. Thank you to all of you who have done that. We're approaching 10,000 of those on iTunes. We'd love to break that barrier this year. I don't know why. I just like to set goals. But then also you get to subscribe or follow if you are listening on iTunes. And that way, every time we do a new uh, episode, I'm just looking at that good for nothing tricksters gif again. I can't stop laughing. I'm sorry. I, I think the Dave Chappelle black uh, white supremacist clan guy might be the funniest thing that has ever aired on American television. It is, it is absolutely up there. Anyway, um, <clears throat> I got to get focused, Stephen, focus. Okay. Uh, and if you hit subscribe or on iTunes, follow. That way, every time we do a new episode, it'll show up on your feed every single time so you don't miss it. You also don't want to miss our friends over at Bonner Private Wines. Uh, we've got a special treat for you, a wine so rare that it sells out practically every time they offer it. It's the Sunai Elogico Malbec. It's uh, their imported gem from deep in the remote Kalaki Valley in Argentina, those are vineyards that uh, do their thing at a breathtaking altitude of nearly 9,000 feet, the third highest vineyard in the world. And if you want to know why that's important, because this is how it uh, it retains um, its true form. Highly rated, 91 points, no fining or filtration done when producing the Sinai Elogico. That uh, gives you its true natural taste. Boast a 10 times more resveratrol and 93% less sugar than the red wines you'll buy in stores. And if you want to know why resveratrol is something you should be interested in, just do that research on your own. 
Bonner Private Wines is the sole importer of this amazing Malbec. And if you want to get a bottle of this exclusive wine, you can do so by visiting Bonner, B-O-N-N-E-R, BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve and become a member of the Bonner Private Wine Partnership. BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. And while you're there, um, because this Malbec sells out quickly, you can get other wines there that are also great. We've tried several of them here on the show. Uh, Todd has tried them quite a bit. 50% off and free shipping at BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. That's BonnerPrivateWines.com slash Steve. So we begin our first Theology Thursday series of the year. And uh, weather and illness permitting, for the next six weeks, we will be looking at uh, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study uh, that was uh, produced by our friends at 110 Pictures and then uh, written uh, and planned out by myself and Dr. Jeremiah Johnston at Prestonwood Baptist in Dallas, Texas, who is also with the C.S. Lewis Society, uh, the Christian Thinker Society, and more. Um, inspired by the film Nefarious, we wanted to take a look at spiritual warfare. And so we're going to do that through this Bible study for the next six weeks. We're going to assume you have this guide and that you have seen the video uh, lesson that accompanies every single one of these, because if we played the video, it would take up the bulk of the time, which would not leave us much discussion time afterwards. So we're going to assume that you bought your copy of this, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study. If you have not yet, you know, you're only going to miss one lesson here this week. There's five more to go. You can go on Amazon right now and buy Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study so that you can get the code uh, that's inside so that you can download the episodes to see the lesson that accompanies every single one of these chapters. Again, Know Thy Enemy, a nefarious Bible study available now at Amazon. This week, chapter one, the video and the lesson and the questions in the study guide, we're going to talk about knowing our enemy. Who is the enemy? What are his traits? We're going to do like a scouting report. How does he act? How does he behave? Um, and strategically take a look at who our foe actually is. And what I want to do each week, gentlemen, is I'm, let's let's act as if we were in a group. We watch the video together. We come right out of the group and react to the video. And then we go to some of the questions in the study in, in the study guide. Fair. Mm-hmm. So let's start there. So we just finished the first video with Jeremiah and our and myself on what is a great job. One Ten Pictures did making mimicking perfectly almost the set that we filmed much of Nefarious the film on. So we get out of the clip. Know thy enemy. What's stuck out to each of you the most about what you just saw i you know how much i love this scene uh, when the priest is brought in because you're and you set this up uh to the audience being fair to them you know that try to help them uh understand this might uh, the kind of movie you normally don't watch this is going to get you out of your uh comfort zone it's it's pretty uh dark you were fair with people about that so you go in there and you're watching that movie and we're 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 talking about actual demons you you it wants you to take this very seriously you 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 also made it clear where i'm doing this uh, this is a faith-based project this isn't just a you know I, I want to make you soil your pants like fr- right. Friday the 13th or yeah, something not a like bunch that. of jump scares uh, and slashers. Very yeah. serious. So you're you're getting into this. And so I don't... When this scene with the priest comes on, Steve, you're, uh, what, half hour to 45 minutes in? Our, uh, memory serves, roughly? About a half hour when the priest okay. shows up, yeah. And then 
this scene just tells you what so many of us need to understand before it goes on. That as scary as this demon is, as, as powerful as this demon can be, it's all because we ultimately give him that yep. power. Hmm. I, I This is so important. People come to Steve all the time. They come to uh, me too. Uh, like, this is my situation. And they, I'm talking about believers now. I'm not talking about fraudulent believers like the priest. Real earnest believers. But what do I say? What do I do? What do I think? First of all, you need to be reminded of this scene. You give the Dark Lord way too much power in this negotiate. Doesn't mean what you have to do isn't going to be hard and easy because the people are going to call you names. We see through a glass darkly. But remember, first and foremost, he's terrified of one candle in the darkness. That's right. He is. That's right. And you have to remember that. And if you can't or you won't, or you want something easier, then I really don't have anything else to tell you after that. But if you will lock yourself to that, chain yourself to that notion, then we can move mountains. This is such an important point that you just made. The enemy is terrified of even one candle in the darkness, even one. You have to... You know, it's funny, if I've made this joke before, I'll make it again. How many guys, when they get out of seminary, say, you know what? I hope I have a church of roughly 100 people. Nobody says that, right? No, nobody walks out of seminary hoping that they're going to preside over a church of just 100 people. Mm -hmm. After walking an entire country for three and a half years, when it was over, after they watched them torture and murder Christ... And then put the stone in front of his tomb. It's about, what is it, roughly like 110 or so people are what's holed up mm -hmm. in that upper room, paranoid, not sure what to do next, mm -hmm. what they're going to do next, whether to scatter, whether to run, whether to hang out. They're, of, they're not even of one mind of what to do. So stop and think about the fact, miracles, 5,000 people are fed. That's just men, doesn't count women and children. Okay. Um, I mean, people, people were healed. People saw Lazarus, Lazarus walk out of a tomb. Lazarus come forth. They watched it. All right. They, they, they touched hems of garments. They saw all these things. And, and, and at the end, after the demonstration of, of ministry power that Christ displayed, he's left at the end with a church of 110 people. That's it. And most of them, frankly, are kind of just hanging by a thread at this point. Fair? Mm -hmm. Just hanging by a thread. I mean, it's, they're not like out, hey, we're taking his message to the streets now that they took our master. They're like hiding, trying to figure out what to do next and whether they're even still in on this whole thing they just devoted the last few years of their lives to. All right? That's it. And yet, Holy Spirit comes upon those 110 people. And within minutes, hours, they went from hiding to now they are out on the streets. Now they are preaching the word. Now they are evangelizing. Now they are taking on all comers. They, they went from trying to avoid suffering to counting it all joy to suffer. Why? Because they, they were the candle in the darkness. They were that candle. And, and the fear of what that candle would do in the darkness. The enemy does not try to intimidate you from lighting your candle. 
because he's not afraid of it, but because he is. Because he is. And I think this is a vital point that you made right here from the jump. One person makes a lot of difference. A few people makes a lot of difference if they're that candle in the darkness. And I think that that is, that is something that I go back again. Riley Gaines, there's been others, but Riley Gaines has essentially taken on this issue mm-hmm. as her life's work at, this, at, at a very young age. In many respects, there have been others, including people of different political persuasions like Martina Navratilova mm-hmm. and others. But, but for much of America, she has become the face of those pushing back on training madness for much of America. That's what you're talking about right there, right? And, and a lot of it is, are you willing to put up with being shunned, being banned, being censored? I mean, the apostles we're talking about had to put up with being killed. You know, we're, we're just talking, we're talking about being ridiculed, being mocked. And enough of us aren't. And that's why there's more darkness than candles. That's the bottom line right there. That's extremely well said. Excellent point. Aaron. Yeah, it's pretty similar to, to what Todd was talking about. And, and the big takeaway, I, I think for me, is just putting this in my own words. The only degree that's offered or handed out at the University of Hell is a degree in marketing. <laughs> and that's, that's basically Satan has proven himself a master at marketing. What is marketing? It is the art of making sure people buy what you want them to. Okay, And human history, I think, has shown and certainly is showing right now that far too many people, even far too many people who claim the name of Christ, have bought the idea that Satan is something that he is not. Now, is he the man behind the curtain a la Wizard of Oz? No, he's a force to be taken seriously. But is he this equal and opposing force to our God? Exactly. Which he has marketed himself as? Yep. Absolutely freaking not. He has been able to sell this idea, and it has been bought by far too many, that he is this big bad villain in this movie that is called the, uh, the story of our cosmos, if you want. He's really not. He's a liar. And he lies repeatedly. And the other thing that stuck out to me as well is that time is not on his side. It's not. That's why he lies. That's why he spends every waking moment. That's why the forces of hell spend every single waking moment lying to us, lying about us, lying into the ether. That's why. They know that time is not on their side. And so they have to do all they can. They have to do all they can to try to make hay while the sun shines. And it's really up to us whether or not we let that happen. That is the big idea of this very first chapter. Satan is a powerful being. I love the way you put it there, Aaron. He is not the Wizard of Oz. He is not a complete fraud. Many of the things he says are fraudulent, but he is a powerful being. He is not a complete fraud. He is not something to be trifled with whatsoever. But he is not the all-powerful being. He is not the most powerful being. He, he can't hold God's chock strap. They're not rivals. They're not. God has no rival. Man, if you are his and he is yours, 
that's the power that you have. That's the power you can rely on. Hey, and you know what, man? Standing up to him, he may get you. Got all the apostles. Got them all. But we're all dying at some point anyway. Anybody, anybody living in this physical form forever? No. no. We're all going anyway, right? What better way to go than the enemy having no alternative? He can't discredit you. He can't silence you. He can't deter you. He can't discourage you. So he has no alternative but to destroy you, but to end you. Can you think of a better compliment than that? Oh, I've lived this out. I, out in Carlisle, the, the L's you take temporally, we, we absolutely took them. We, we, we lost on issues. Uh, we had, I ended up taking my kids out of school and moving them. Those are, those are losses. I, I, I hope to avoid those things. They didn't happen. Uh, but even when those happened, they got angry all the more because of how we handled that. We, we just, they could not make us go in a corner and suck their thumb and seek therapy like they do. Mm-hmm. We, we moved on. We're living uh, uh, quality lives. I mock them to their face all the time. There's a cottage industry of local anonymous trolls who spend uh, all their waking hours just screeching at me like Nefarious does in that scene because I'm not that priest. Uh, I'm the opposite. I, I'm just a simple old man, but like it doesn't, again, you don't have to, it, he, look at that old, he's, I don't know if the, how much you were involved in the casting, but look at old looking kind of feeble, you know, he not coming in flexing or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Just the idea that he's a priest, a man of God. It makes nefarious for a couple of minutes, wet himself. Yes. We did that on purpose. When we, when we, when we storyboarded this scene and I, and I would say this scene is the most, is the scene that, 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 that was the most collaboration on in the storyboarding of the movie. When we started storyboarding the movie, the idea of three murders and those sorts of Carrie and Chuck, Carrie Solomon, Chuck Consulman, our writers, directors, they had already come up with those MacGuffins. We got together and sort of fleshed them out more, but they already had that you know, brilliant plot line laid out. This scene was the part that was, is the part that's the most independent of what they had already thought of that we just kind of all discussed and and added and subtracted. This organically came up in the course of our storyboarding conversations that we realized, hey, our people are going to ask, where are the chaplains? The the, the church is located in most prisons. There's some representative there. There's a chaplain. He's not there. He has no say. He's not aware. So we realized we've got to deal with that plot hole. Okay. And so the idea was presented. Let's, before we get into the main MacGuffin driving the story, the three murders, let's deal with the, let's deal with the state of the church from the very beginning. We did that. And that's why we put him before we get in now to the main plot. All right, because we wanted to show two things. We we wanted to show first and foremost what the reaction of evil is supposed to be when we walk into a room. Who are we? We're the candles that Todd was talking about, right? When we we are, we're the candles that we're, we're the we, God lights our wick, all right? It's His light. We're the candle, okay? When 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 we when we the candles when we walk into a room of darkness, this is the reaction that darkness is supposed to have, seething, in, in you know, um, uh, beside themselves, anger, acting out, can't help themselves. That's the because they know. Oh crap! 
All right. The jig is up here. The, the bluff got called. I got to show my hand and I got nothing, man. I, I'm just, as Aaron said, I graduated with a degree in marketing. I'm just overplaying my hand here, but I, but really I'm sitting on deuce nine offsuit. I got nothing. All right. And they're going to call it and I'm gonna get my pants pulled down in front of everybody watching. That's why, the, that's why evil acts out that way. And so at first when he thinks James is calling in the church, that is exactly how the enemy acts. We wanted to show that to you, but then we wanted to show you how evil acts nowadays when we walk or the church walks into a room and you see nefarious say, oh I should have met with you sooner you know Lou you're okay because you're no threat yeah. at all you're of no use see, to anybody I've never given the darkness yeah. that low. you're absolutely right and neither should you don't worry about your physical attributes your mental attributes you keep finding excuses for not to be that light in the darkness you are enough God has made you enough. Have faith, and the devil will be the one kneeling. Amen. Let's get to a couple of the questions here in the study guide. Let's make a pop culture application here. Can you think of a fictional villain or evil that kind of embodies best what we were just describing about the enemy? So I, I think in the Deathly Hallows Part 2, the Harry Potter, the final movie in the Harry Potter saga... Harry goes, and he uh, basically goes to his death to sacrifice himself, he thinks, um, to, to save his friends and to save um, what's left of the, the wizarding world. And after Voldemort kills him, Harry goes to uh, King's Cross Station. And uh, Dumbledore is there, who is killed in the, the previous book, in one of the previous movies. And there at the step underneath a bench at King's Cross Station, and they're kind of in there, this like in-between place. They look down and they see this disgusting, gross heap of a little baby. And it's Voldemort. It's Voldemort. He's bloodied. He's this little baby-looking thing. It's just disgusting and pathetic. I think, I think that kind of fits. Now, is Satan powerless? No. Was Voldemort powerless? No. He had inflicted tons of damage, but that was really a window into, into seeing what he truly was for Harry, mm -hmm. which is just pathetic and really nothing, nothing to be eternally or existentially scared of. So that's kind of where my mind went with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I don't know if you thought at all about Lost this uh, while you were doing this, but uh, I just finished watching at least the last few episodes. My third daughter uh, over the last two years has been watching it, and I said, I got to make sure I'm watching the last few episodes with you because I've been telling her it's just going to absolutely blow your mind. But this, you know, J Jacob and the man in black, it's the man in black can't kill Jacob. Mm -hmm. So this has every, a lot to do with your book. That's the conundrum when this country was formed that the, the, the demon had to figure out how to overcome. This was truly unique. Mm -hmm. And he it ended up having to be like the people need to basically commit suicide yeah. themselves. He has to get them to kill themselves because he here, can't do it. Yes. And here, the man in black, ultimately, he could not kill Jacob, but he could manipulate everybody else, the people of the church, ultimately, mm -hmm. to kill Jacob, to kill God. 
This is what we're talking about here, that you, you, you have got to snuff it out as the church yourself. And then the demon comes walking in. But that's, he keeps whispering in our ear lies and nonsense and convincing him he has power. But he's just, he's just basically making us weak in the knees. It's the same thing. I love you choosing that character because <clears throat> what does the man in black, sorry guys, we're all still getting over bugs here, but we're getting better. What does the man in black say to Jacob at one point? Because he can't kill him. I hate you. Oh, that great scene when he says, do you even know how much that's I right. hate you? Do you even know how much I hate you? And I can't do anything about it. All right. There's a, you represent a power beyond me. And so I, I, I can't kill you, but I I hate you. That is wow. Whether intentional or not, but that is a very prophetic comparison to how the enemy feels about our God. Do you even know how much I hate you? Even though I, I can't kill you. There's no, I, I can't do it. So what does he try to do? Cause as much destruction with that, which God loves us and carnage as he possibly can. Next question. Do we see any evidence? <laughs> don't chuckle. We see any evidence of Satan's deceptive work in the world today at all guys. <laughs> no, we're doing fine. <laughs> we're all fine here. How are you? Yes. Everything is, everything's natural. Everything's natural. Well, let's just go back to the top of the show with the, the jab. I mean, it's Mark of the Beast kind of stuff. It, it's our, our, our concerns about just keeping the earth as flat and possible and staying comfortable at a psychological and emotional level are so profound that w there is evidence on the table that we have basically ingested a ticking time bomb and that's not strong enough to think about that mm -hmm. think about people who are as the way it was used to divide people to classify people that's that's absolutely yeah. demonic people are yeah. as health conscious as elf uh, as ever thinking you can live forever and listen these days you you know it, unless you get unlucky you live a healthy lifestyle you can absolutely live well in uh to your 80s and here's something it's showing you. There is something definitely that's getting in the way of that. But there's something even more powerful than that now. And it's that I just I just need to be accepted and not bothered and yeah. very comfortable. Yeah. Uh, I, I think the number one, and this is something that Todd harps on a lot as well, is uh, you remember Ralph Northam on that uh, radio show talking about uh, late-term baby killing. Oh, the old Virginia governor. The old Virginia governor. Yeah. yeah. And uh, talking about how if the baby was born, the baby would be kept comfortable while a decision was made. Well, of course, there is no decision to be made. That's a lie. They knew what they were going to do to that baby. I think of the same thing when I think about our comfort in this country and how in the normie world, especially in the sports bro world, there was exponentially more outrage about the fact that they had to purchase a Peacock subscription to watch a playoff game than there yeah. was outrage that they had to take a vaccine, an untested jab, a poisonous jab in order to keep their job. That's an example of the comfort. That's an example of Satan working in this world, in this time. That's an example of Satan saying, I'm going to keep you comfortable while a decision is being made yes. about what I yes. do. With no, dude. Except that too is a lie. That's he fun. already knows Nailed what it, he's Aaron. going to do with you. Nailed it. That's, I think, the number one way in our contemporary times that Satan is at work. Just keep us comfortably numb 
That's the point I was trying to make, and you, oh man, did you bring it home perfectly? Yeah, I mean, death I, is I, on the table. But I, you, I, I was going to try to squeeze in one more pick, one more question. I, it needs to end there. Yeah. I think. I mean, I, that's where we just we close the book. Our work here is done on chapter one. I mean that. That'll preach right there. What mm -hmm. he said there at the end. I mean, well, we'll just we'll keep you comfortable here. Well, Dead man walking. I mean, wow. I mean, dude, seriously, you just like blew my mind right here. I'm like thinking of that in so many yeah. contexts right now. Okay. So many contexts, things like VR. I mean, so many contexts. I'm thinking of that right now. You know, hey, we, we, we got you. Just what is it? Uh, Wally thinking of it in that context. Just, mm -hmm. just sit in your chair. We got this. Be comfortable. More in a moment. All right, back here on the Steve Day Show, powered by our friends over at Fume. You know, cold turkey may be great on sandwiches, but there's a better way to break your bad habits. We're not talking about some weird mind voodoo. We're talking about Fume. F-U-M as in Mary. Fume. And they look at the problem a different way. Not everything in a bad habit is bad. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. And instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. So you get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit that you're free to enjoy. And it makes replacing your bad habit easier. Your Fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial. And it's designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, which give your fingers a lot to do, which is also helpful for distressing and anxiety while you're breaking your bad habit. Stopping is something you've tried, but you've put off because it's hard. Switching to Fume, though, is easy, enjoyable, even fun. Fume has served over 100,000 customers, has thousands of success stories. No reason the next one can't be you. Just join Fume in, in, in accelerating your breakup from destructive habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to tryfume.com. Use the code Steve to save 10% off when you do on the Journey Pack. Try Fume, F-U-M, again as in Mary. Tryfume.com. Using the code Steve for an additional 10 percent off again tryfume.com for an additional 10 percent off your order today it's time for three non-political questions we all have questions who am i why am i here where am i going who am i a search and a question of identity why am i here a question of meaning and purpose where am i going question of destiny some better than others what sort of morality or proto-morality would you expect to find in a chimpanzee troop injecting some levity into the demise of western civilization it's three questions on the steve day show and that means it's time for my oldest daughter when i asked her how we doing honey she said fat <laughs> who is weeks away from popping out our first grandbaby autumn and we cannot wait good to see anastasia how are you Good. You know, my husband, Stephen, he gets up at 4 a.m. every morning to work out, which is very impressive, and I'm very proud of him. But that means his body is sore. But So he'll sit down, and he's kind of like, oh. and I'm kind of at that point in pregnancy where I, I'm like, I kind of give him a look like, like what did I you didn't want, do? I didn't want to hear it. Is that what you're doing? And he'll be like, sorry, just a little sore. I'm like, just a little sore. I'm lugging another human being around here. <laughs> so right? I'm kind of, that's kind of the point where I'm at. I'm a little crabby. 
He's doing very amazing. I'm also I'm having very vivid dreams, and they're very weird. But last night, I had a dream that I got up on a. You're gonna love this. I got up on a stage in front of a bunch, like thousands of people, and begged them to vote for Ron DeSantis. <laughs> and that was the whole dream. It was I gave a whole. Could you maybe had that dream maybe four or five days ago? <laughs> do you think? <laughs> Just saying. <laughs> All right. I, I was like, and I, and I, nothing and, wrong with a little gallows humor, <laughs> huh? Right? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You had that dream about a week late, if you're asking me. Yeah. All right. But I hear you. Okay. All right. You got three non political questions for us. Where do you want to go first? So, my first question for you guys is what do you think is one of the most dangerous misunderstandings about the Bible that people have? Oh, boy. Um, I, I think that, um, uh, there are several I could choose, but um, that the the God of the Old Testament is mean and the God of the New Testament is nice. And um, the reductionism of Jesus, therefore, who is the God of the Old Testament, if you're a Trinitarian, um, I mean, the, the God that, that sent the Israelites into Canaan to be an urban renewal program and remove the civilizations that were living there is Christ. Um, the God that sent the plagues is Christ, you know? So, um, we've kind of reduced him as a buddy, uh, kind of the, the hippie life coach of Galilee, just kind of tiptoeing between the tulips of, uh, Judea dispensing dime store wisdoms. Okay. And, uh, not the most uh, powerful being, in the cosmos, the creator of the cosmos who humbled himself on our behalf to even be put into human form to begin with. But that, that sort of uh, heretical reductionism I think is very dangerous and um, among the most dangerous misconceptions of the Bible uh, that I think that we have. What about you? What about you, Todd? That whole time I'm doing this Steve Dace thought bubble in my head when he does on the show. Should I? Should I say it? Should I? Yeah, I'll say it. I think you'll know at the spirit this isn't intended, but uh, it's it should be pretty obvious to you by now. Sola Scriptura. But then again, you I'm, think that is? I'm Catholic. It's it that, that ultimately because it's the starting point for threads that scatter off and isolate. Us. Now, this is not the this. You said you said most dangerous misunderstanding uh, biblical, but, but of, yes. of the Bible. So this is not the, the not Christian most broadly. I'm taking Israelity about the Bible that it's so the scriptura because I, I I think it's organically part of a larger whole. That when you eliminate that whole misunderstanding after misunderstanding misunderstanding comes out. Now Steve has eloquently talked to you about what he views as mistaken notions of what sola scriptura means. And I applaud him for those because I think he's been absolutely right. I, but I don't think as a Catholic, you should be surprised that I would say this, 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 this has taken us to, you know, just one man and one Bible alone by themselves. And that has done many wonderful good things, but it has also kept like it. The church is very much scattered and feeling alone and separate also because of it in my estimation. So I, I honestly don't think I'm saying anything particularly controversial as an Orthodox Catholic. So Steve, that was what I was going to say, but I, I think, I think this is another um, dangerous misconception about the Bible that we can ever comprehend 
in its totality, in our feeble and fallen states, the mind of God. We understand or we can begin to understand the character and heart of God. That's throughout human history. That's his fingerprints across human history. But when it gets into things like, why does God allow this to happen throughout history? Why does God allow this to happen now? Why is this, 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 and this? Um, we, we're never going to quite understand that. And we need to humble ourselves and recognize that God's ways are not our ways. And the Bible, though it helps us understand his heart, though it helps us understand his character, though it helps us understand how he has worked through history in amazing and miraculous ways, we are still never going to be able to fully comprehend him because we are not him. Good stuff. Good question. Mm -hmm. Number two. Thank you. So then that question, the dangerous question about that led me to think about this question, which is what do you think the most dangerous source of news is like where? So, yeah, basically what I just said, what do you think is the most dangerous source of news where people get their news from? At this point, I would I would say the most dangerous source of news is we have we have gone from when when I was growing up and coming of age politically. And then, I mean, I, I started doing this at a pretty young age. I mean, I had, a, I had a full-time news political talk show at 32 years old, right? So, I mean, I, I was still very young um, when I made the switch from sports to this. We were still operating under a paradigm that the, um, <clears throat> the corporate press was just the liberal press and viewed corporations with instant suspicion, so that anything that came from corporations was instantly to be discredited to the point that I would often feel as a, as a conservative, a compulsion to defend information from private non-government sources. Okay. And, and that paradigm is kind of what it has existed uh, in the, in the boomer era post Watergate. And when I was first, when I first came of age politically, that you never heard Rush Limbaugh use the term corporate press until like, you know, the last few years of, of, of his show. It was the liberal media. That's how we all mm-hmm. described it. You know, <clears throat> what, what's changed just since I got into this business and where it really came to an apex during COVID is the idea that if the corporations run enough ads on our corporate media, on our, our media platform. We're not liberal media anymore, but corporate media. I, 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 let me put it this way. I long for the liberal media. I wish we had a liberal media. At least then there would be, there was a consistent framework that they were coming from. You, 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 could, you, could, you, could, you could factor that into your analysis of what they were reporting. All right, what's true here and what's an embellishment, mm-hmm. what's slanted and what's a fact, okay? We don't have a liberal media anymore. We have a corporate media now. And, and to see entities like that, that were the, the, the vaunted paragons of the liberal media, the New York Times, the Washington Post, uh, CNN, just ripping and reading big pharma press releases mm-hmm. and, and putting them into headlines on the front page without any, any skepticism. It's 100% effective front page. Uh, lead story on all, all their networks, the, 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 the Chiron on the lower third of all their channels. Okay. No skepticism, no questioning to go from, you know, corporations are automatically bad to everything they say is great 
and to go because then we go from at least you know there's a lot of talk of a uniparty you know at, at least we had a duopoly before now what we have we're talking about is fascism we're, we're now mm-hmm. basically big government and big business have just fused into the, it's just the Hegelian dialectic. You know, when I started off, government was the thesis, corporations were the antithesis. Or if you're on the other side of the aisle, corporations were the, the, were the, were the thesis and government was the antithesis, mm-hmm. right? It's just all one, it's merged into just one dialectic now. It's, and that to me, in terms of sources of information, the, the amount of people like you just saw it in the clip again. This is the second time today I've referenced the clip we played yesterday with Howie Mandel and RFK Jr. RFK Jr. is one of the few last people left of the old liberal left, okay, um, in terms of an automatic skepticism of, of, of corporate America. Howie Mandel is just completely given over. If, if Corporate America can do to Howie Mandel whatever it wants, mm-hmm. provided the New York Times and the Washington Post affirm it, then it's okay. And to me, that is the most dangerous thing, because at least in the old era, which you don't remember, you're not you weren't born or young or old enough. We at least could play these competing interests off each Mm -hmm. other to get some form of truth. They're not now they're the same interest. We we have no one to play off of now. They're the same interest. And so there's nothing to do. But let's just wait for three years and see skyrocketing cancer rates. Have Epic Times come out with a, a memo from CDC where they were drafting an alarm in May of 2021 warning about heart conditions with the COVID vaccine. We never got that alarm. We have no idea what happened to that draft. I do know in May, June, July, August, September, October, November, and December of 2021, if you linked heart problems to the COVID vaccine on any major media platform, you're instantly banned and shunned. That is the most dangerous thing to me. Yeah, mine was related to all this because the paradigm that you're speaking of, I, I would put all of the the, the ABC, CBS, uh, NBC, and then the uh, the main cable channels, Fox, uh, and, and then all the main newspapers, all of us in that. Because once this happened, that that's what the that that's why the baby boomers are so dangerous. They they still because they're more tethered that to that. That's just how it's always been done. I mean, it took me a while. I always liked a newspaper in my hand. It took me a while. They're as addicted to that as ever. And so when they get most of it from what that tyranny that's, but they don't see it that way. They said this is what we've always done. Now the good news on this is once the baby boomers die out, I think it's going to be harder for this tyranny. Because look at Aaron's generation. I mean, this he's he's never yeah. had that. Yeah, they like don't believe like they're, they're going to have to have. Well, yeah, so they're going to have to pick a new tyranny. But yeah. it's why the baby boomers have so much sway, is what Steve laid out. They are addic- they were already addicted to it, and now it's been weaponized. Most dangerous um, source of news or information. Pick any repository of new academic research, uh, particularly coming out of the humanities, and. Everything that you guys just talked about, it's downstream from there, in my estimation. That's why there's a little bit of optimism surrounding the Claudine Gay scalp, because people surmise that, hey, maybe people are going to be going through uh, academic research and seeing the craziness that's coming out of the universities. So uh, anything out of the bowels of hell, particularly when you have institutions like academia, which has been wholly captured by the spirit of the age, that's always going to be the mouth of the river when it comes to whatever whatever evil the bowels of hell want to foist upon us now. All right, quickly, number three. Okay, and then my for fun question is, what is your hype song? 
what a segue. What is my hype song? I, the, I know. I had another question, but the other two questions were too intense and too deep that I needed to bring something Um fun. I could go for We Won't Get Fooled Again is a great hype song. I remember that when that used to be your like hype song. That was our introduction song yeah. for many years. Yeah. Um, I could go for uh, for those about to rock ACDC. The opening of that song is pretty incredible. Um, those would be... A couple. I mean, there's more I could think of, but off the top of my head, and we're short on time, I'll go with those two for now. Luke Combs, it does to me. Um, probably shoot to thrill. Yeah. Well, you and you and Iron Man have that in common, apparently. I love. It's, yeah. it's a fun song. Yeah. Or Free Bird. Free Bird's good too. That's a hype song to you. Free Bird is. Yeah. How is it not? Year of the Cat. <laughs> yeah, I forgot about that. I need to listen to that again. What would you say your hype song is? My hype song. Yeah. I don't, Stephen and I used to have like a tennis playlist of songs that I probably shouldn't say that I listen to on this show. Okay. So we'll just go with that. I, you know, I'm in a mood that I, at this point I'm getting close to Black Hole Sun being a hype song. All right. (laughs) Okay. I do like You May Be Right by Billy Joel. And wash this all away. Yes. I'm I'm getting close to Black Hole Sun. Is there a song called Everybody Dies and Who's It By? Because that's it. (laughs) I do like You May Be Right by Billy Joel because we used to listen to that and play it on like rock band. So I will still listen to that in the car if I need to get like hyped. Which one by Billy Joel? You You May may Be be Right. right. Maybe it's it's greatest song. It's in the conversation, in my opinion. All right, good stuff, sweetie. Thank you. Thank you. All right, gentlemen, any final thoughts here in the final minute we have remaining before we sign off for the day? Well, I think people are going to love that show. We did a pretty uh, heavy lift on the theology uh, side of things. So uh, mission accomplished, I would say. Yeah, somebody tagged us in a tweet uh, the other day talking about how by the end of the year it's going to be Theology Monday, Theology Tuesday, Theology Wednesday, Theology Thursday, and then Days Group on Friday, and that's that's about it. Which Not it, too far it from the truth. might end up being uh, working out that way. Yeah. Not too far from the truth. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Guys, do you want me to sit here every day for eight months and say, we have to win the suburbs, guys? No. I mean, do, do you want to listen to that show for eight months? I don't want to do that show for eight months. Do you want to do that show for eight months? Hmm. No. I don't know who wants to listen to it. We got to win the suburbs. And, um, I mean, the, the, uh, what was it? What was it? Gates said yesterday, Jamal and what? Gate. We're going to get to Jamal and, uh, that's what Daniel said. No, no he's he was channeling Gates. Yeah, Gates said it. He went on news. And when Gates tweeted yeah. it, he, G- Daniel he said was for every, to it. every Karen we lose, we've got eight Jamals and 10 something else. Yes. Uh, Julio's. Julio's. Jamals yeah. and Julio's. Yeah. yeah I, I'm not doing that show for eight months. Other people want to do that, man. God bless you. Make money. I'm not doing that show for eight months. I'm going to talk about things that I actually matter and maybe we can inspire people to do better. Amen. Okay. John 317, Romans 828. Take your pick. This is Steve Dace on the Blaze Radio Network.